Hey, I'm Neil Williams. I'm a mom, a wife, a master certified coach, podcaster, and entrepreneur who has ditched the idea that a 40 hour work week is somehow required for a successful business. I spent years overworking, but then something big happened. I figured out how to take control of my schedule. And when I did, I got way more done in less time and made more money. After that, I grew a multiple six-figure business working 10 hours a week while I was still in my corporate day job. Since then, I've made it my mission to teach other coaches how to grow businesses they love to six figures in just a few hours a week. If you are ready for full-time business success on a very part-time schedule, get ready to find out that success is easier and faster than you ever thought to be possible right here every week where I share the strategies, tools, and mindset that build a six-figure business that doesn't require a lot of time or a lot of selling. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. How the heck are you? I feel like it's been a little while since I have recorded a podcast because I've had so many guests, speakers come on, and I hope you've been enjoying the content from those guests. We're going to have more guests coming up on the podcast. But the next few episodes are going to be solo episodes. These are just going to be me sharing some important ideas and concepts around business that I haven't shared so much on the podcast before. So today is a really fun, it's going to be a really short, but I think powerful episode about my son, Lincoln. Lincoln is 13 years old. He has grown up. A lot of his formative years have been him witnessing me building a business. And I share very openly with him all the things. I share with him the parts that are amazing and wonderful and that I love and are easy. And I share the parts that are hard and my struggles. And he sees me cry and he sees me with anxiety and all the other parts that go along with it, right? (laughs) Pretty much like just like life. (laughs) There is both pieces to it. So he is, whether he wants to or not, has been dripped into his brain a lot of ideas about business. And we talk about it a lot because I share these things with my students. And then I often share with my family new ideas or the way that I'm thinking about things a little bit differently. I'm constantly trying to figure out how new and better and easier, simpler ways to explain the fundamentals of business to my students so that they can grasp them and start building the skills for themselves. So this little story about Lincoln, I wanted to share because it demonstrates so beautifully, it probably not in a way that your brain has heard before, the fundamentals of business. And that's why I think it could be so powerful. It's a really great exploration into some of the foundations, the fundamentals that we need to really build successful businesses, but also really to make sure that if you're doing ads in a funnel, that's that's just a marketing system that you have all these things laid out to make that marketing system work the way you want. And someone just messaged me the other day and was like, hey, could you look at this? <laughs> Here's my funnel. Could you take a peek at this and give us some ideas? And when I started going through it, I was like, yeah, I could totally give you strategy and tactics and things to try and do and metrics to try and hit at every different point of your funnel. But what was broken, really, in my opinion, was these basic things that I'm going to share in this story. So I'm going to tell you the story and then I'm going to point out those fundamentals that really, I think, the marketing 
system, which is your ads and your funnel, need to be built on. So if you don't have these, it's going to be very hard, if not impossible, to make your ads and your funnel work the way that you want. And quite frankly, most of us, when we say it's working the way that we want, it means I'm getting people to enroll in my program. I'm selling out my program, that kind of thing on the back end. Okay. So here is the story. Lincoln and his little friend, Tegan, they are like two peas in a pod there. We live just, you know, a few blocks away from Tegan's family. And so the boys are together all the time. And they started something last year. This was brand new to me. I mean, I clearly am not in the cool club or up, up and coming things in terms of like skiing and snow sports, but he and Tegan found this new sport called snow skating. And it is like, people have a really hard time picturing this. You might just Google it to find it. It was hard for me to understand what was happening too. It's basically a skateboard attached to a ski. So it's like they're skateboarding down the mountain is really basically like at the best way that I can use to describe it. No, they are not strapped in. Like their feet are not strapped into the board at all. And so it's very hard to understand, like, how do we even stay on the thing? Right. But it just imagine like, instead of skateboarding with wheels, you're skateboarding with a ski. So anyways, they started this last year. They both got these snow skates at the end of the season last year. So this year they have been like just on fire. They are so cute because they are filming each other and then they'll bring their video home. And like Lincoln and I were looking at the other day, he's using CapCut to edit and add music and all the fun things. So they have a little YouTube channel that they're posting all these on. So it's super fun for me to watch as a mom, right? So they're all in on the snow skating. Every single Friday after school, what happens is, and we only live just a, a few blocks from school. And so Lincoln rides his bike home. We throw all of his snow skate gear in the back of my car. I drive over, I get Tegan. And then I take them to the shuttle that takes them up to the ski mountain, which is really like 10 minutes from our house. So it's very close. And they take the shuttle up and they spend the entire evening until the mountain closes, which I think is like 7.30 or 8 because there's night skiing. And they just snow skate. And so the other day they went up on a Saturday and it happened to be a day where I wasn't actually bringing them there. Tegan's dad was bringing them up there and he had a free ticket. And so he was like, hey, here's this free ticket. Maybe you can find somebody who needs it or whatever. So a ticket up at our ski mountain is about $120, I think, for a day pass. And so they had it. They didn't really think much of it, but they got up there and we there's this thing with Lincoln's pass in the mountain that we have. We can load money onto his pass. I mean, seriously, this kid has the best life ever. I mean, he's living like he's 25, but he's 13. So he used to go to the mountain all by himself. I And then he just has money to be able to buy lunch, right? <laughs> and so, it, but it's on this card. Well, the readers happened to be down on this day when they went up. And so she didn't have any money to eat, to get food for lunch. And, you know, like as you're skiing, you're snow skating, like those kids are burning a ton of calories. Like, they need to have fuel to constantly like, you know, replenish all of the things, that, all of the calories that they're burning. So they got really, and I didn't know anything about this. Like he didn't text me, nothing. I know I knew nothing about this until he came down the mountain and I picked him up and he saw me in a story. So they were like, 
well, we need some food. Like, we're really hungry. So they started thinking about how they could make money to buy themselves lunch, which this is like, this is so amazing. I love that this is where their brains went, right? So they're like, wait a minute, we have this free ticket. And so (laughs) they went to, this is what's really important to understand. They had a free ticket. They knew what it was worth. And they're like, we're just going to sell the ticket. So they went to the line at the mountain, the line of people who were lined up to buy tickets to go ski. Now, they didn't go to the front of the line. They went to the back of the line. And this is going to be important in just a minute. I'm going to break it all down for you. And they went to somebody in line, a person that was just by themselves because they had a single ticket. And they were like, hey, we have a ticket for sale for $30. (laughs) $30 for a $120 ticket. And this person is in the back of the line waiting. And you like, it's important to know also about our ski mountain that because our area has grown in popularity so much over the last couple of years, our ski mountain is like very busy. So like lines can be very, very long. You can wait a long time just to get a ticket and you can wait a long time just to get on the lift in these lines. So they went to the back of the line, had a person that was by themselves and said, hey, you want to buy a ticket? We have one for $30. And guess what the person said? Uh, Yes, please. So they made $30. They decided that $30 is what they needed in order for them to be able to fund their lunch, to pay for their lunch that day, right? So this is a really, really cute little story, but I want to break down the different pieces because there are four things that they did amazingly well that are really just business fundamentals that And when I first heard the story, I was just so delighted by it. But then I really started just thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, they did this right. And then they did this right. And then they did this right. This is why it was so easy for them to make $30 to pay for lunch in literally like five minutes. And so I want to break those down for you next. Okay. So here's the really important first thing that they did here is they had a niche. You may not have been able to pull that out of that story. But they did. Think about that. They had this thing that they wanted to give to somebody, that they wanted to exchange, not just give, but they wanted to exchange this lift ticket for money. Now, they didn't go and just like try and exchange this with the entire city of standpoint that we live in. They didn't like go put it online, like on Craigslist or something to see like who might want it, which they could have. But they picked people that they knew for sure wanted this lift ticket and they wanted it now. They wanted it today, right? So their niche was not necessarily everybody who was up at the mountain skiing because not everybody there would need a lift ticket, right? A lot of people have season passes. And so they wouldn't necessarily be in the line. They wouldn't need to get a ticket. So they didn't go to the parking lot to try and sell the ticket. They went, they were like, no, who are the people that need a ticket right now? Oh, the people who are in line waiting for a ticket. That's our highest likelihood of success here is offering it to these people because we know, we already know that that's what they want. Well, that is really, really important first thing here. They had a very specific, very narrow niche. It wasn't all of Sandpoint. It wasn't everybody who was on the mountain. It wasn't everybody who was in the parking lot. It was the people who are in line to buy tickets. 
Okay. I just want you to think about that for a second. Like how incredibly insightful and intelligent it was for them to go there. Okay. Now here's the other thing, the next lesson. So niche is lesson number one. That's what they did, right? They had a very narrow, easy to target niche. Okay. The next one is the offer. So the offer was more of what I call a painkiller offer versus a vitamin. Okay. So, and I want to just explain the difference here. So when we're thinking about creating offers, there's some that are more in the flavor or in the camp of vitamins. Like there's just not a lot of like desire or desperation for them. They're like a good idea. And we might know that they're a good idea, but we just don't have a lot of like energy or momentum propelling us to go get it right now. So that's the thing with vitamins. So like vitamins, if I think of vitamins today, I'm not going to necessarily have like an amazing effect from that tomorrow. And because we live in this instant gratification kind of society, that is what many of us are looking for, right? How can this help me right now today? And so it was, that wasn't what they were selling. What they were marketing and selling was a painkiller. It's like in order for someone to enjoy the mountain, or you could call it the million dollar dream. In order for somebody to enjoy the mountain the way that they want to, they need a ticket because they need to be able to get on the lift to go ski down the mountain, right? So this was something that people, the offer was something that people genuinely really wanted. It like sold itself kind of idea, okay? Now, also in in addition to this, these kind of go hand in hand here. I want you to notice the difference between the price and the value. And I'm, I want the difference between the price and the value and the perceived value here. I'm going to make three different distinctions. Okay. So what they offered it for was for $30, but the people who are standing in line knew that their, a ticket is $120. So you can already see the gap between the price and just the value there, right? So that is like, what is it? Four times? Yeah. Four times the value to the price. That gap was very wide. And so it was very easy for them to make an offer and someone to say yes to it very quickly because the value was so in excess of what the price they were charging, okay? Now, I also want you to see something here that, and again, they don't know that they did all of this. I kind of like broke it down a little bit with Lincoln. Did he understand all of it? Maybe, maybe not. He, he did it just instinctively, which I think was, I find a little bit fascinating. But the other thing that I want you to see here is the difference between the price and the perceived value to the people that they targeted, that they offered this to. So there's the $30 and then there's the $120. But I want you to think the people that they went to first were the people in the back of the line. Those are the people who have an additional value or perceived value from getting this ticket. And that is the time that they're going to save by just getting this ticket right now from Tegan and Lincoln versus waiting in line for 30 minutes or an hour. That time savings also has a perceived value to it. I'm like, wait a minute, this is cheaper and it's faster. Obviously, I'm not going to say no to that, right? I was already going to spend the $120 on the ticket bonus that I got it for $30 and double bonus that I get it right now instead of having to wait in this line for the next 30 minutes to an hour. So important to understand the difference between the price and the value, but also perceived value is really, really important to take into consideration. 
I think with the perceived value here, probably the differential between the price of $30 and the perceived value was probably more like six to 10 times, right? So really important here that you all see these really fundamental things. So niching is really important. And the part of the reason why niching is really important is because when you understand your niche, you can understand what they're desperate for. They're desperate for a painkiller or they are desperate for the million dollar dream. And we'll are so much more likely to be able to get our marketing. Our marketing will land better for those people. Most likely those people are going to be more motivated to move through the customer journey through knowing you, liking you, trusting you, and becoming a student or a client of yours. So niche is really important. Then having something for that niche that they really want. So instead of like, and what we really want is in two different categories. It's either we want to eliminate pain or we want to create pleasure at the basic level, right? So eliminating pain is, well, it could be like, vitamins and the pain that vitamins eliminate, which isn't a lot for many of us. It's pretty, like it's subtle, right? And it takes a while to take effect versus a painkiller. Think about the difference between those two. A painkiller eliminates pain immediately or very, very quickly, right? And there is like the effect of it. Like we notice it's not subtle. It's like more dramatic effect, right? So think about your offer being, if you're if you're eliminating a problem, it being more of a painkiller instead of a vitamin. And it doesn't mean you have to do that, but just know like your marketing is going to, it's going to take a little bit longer. It's not going to be as fast moving through people, people moving through the journey if it's more of a vitamin. Okay. You'll have more people kind of stuck in the, I don't know, be great someday kind of place versus actually moving forward and taking action. If your offer is something of like you're creating pleasure for someone and that means like, you're helping them achieve a dream. We want the dream to be like a million dollar dream, not a dollar dream. Like many of us aren't going to take a lot of action to achieve a dollar dream. We're like, oh, that'd be nice. But really the effort that I have to go through to get that, not worth it, right? I'd rather just not. Versus the million dollar dream, many people have, and I'm not saying you're helping someone make a million dollars. I'm just saying that the perception, like the value of it would be like a million dollars to your person. And so we're so much more motivated to take action and to move forward and to get help and pay for it in terms of our time and our attention and our money to achieve that bigger dream because there's a bigger effect in our lives, right? So really important to think about that in terms of your offer. And then thinking also when you're thinking about pricing, thinking about the price and the value, like you might be able to like create some sort of like standard market value or something, but then also really important to think about the perceived value. That's even more important to your person. And when you're first starting out and you're and you're trying to get your offers to convert, thinking about really targeting the portion of your niche that is the most desperate for it. That's why they were able to make one offer. They offered it to one person and that person said yes. Because this person was at the back of the line. Number one, he's saving money. And number two, he's saving time, which means he's up on the lift. He's out skiing and having fun faster. So worth the chance. There was no reason why he would have said no to that. Okay. So I hope this whole story really resonates with you and you can see 
the things that they did beautifully, even though they didn't know that they were doing that, they were so insightful in the way that they went about this. And yeah, they made $30 and they paid for lunch. So yeah, we probably want to make more as business owners. I get that. But hopefully this little story will give you kind of an analogy and something for your brain to like think about with these really fundamental concepts of business and marketing in maybe a slightly different way. Okay, I hope you are having a gorgeous start to year and I will see you right back here. Sweet. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Six Figure Coach Podcast. Consistently selling out your coaching program, course, or mastermind is so much easier when you have an email list of qualified leads. And the trick to growing this kind of email list is all in your lead magnet. Grab my free cheat sheet, Four Steps to a Killer Lead Magnet, so you can grow a list that lets you sell your program on autopilot by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting my website at www.neilwilliams.com. Have a gorgeous week, and I'll see you right back here next week.